velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm delighted to be joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you? Very good, mate. Very good. We've made it. The the half season break and um, yeah, time time to take stock um, and, and a couple of weeks off well earned for both the boys and us, G. Yeah, a couple of weeks off incoming as we look ahead to the Six Nations, Tom. We'll be looking ahead a little bit to that at the end of the podcast, but of course, mainly focusing on the disappointing defeat at the AJ Bell, 30 points to 27 on Friday night, Tom. And this podcast proudly brought to you by Back Black and White Butchers. Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers. If you missed the podcast last week, well, first of all, go back and check it out. But you also missed the news that we are partnering with Tom Dunn's butcher and events company. So whether it's hog roasts, roasted lambs or rotisserie chickens that you're looking for, take your event to the next level and get in touch with Tom Dunn and check out his Instagram. Just search for black and white butchers. Inquiries also at info at bwmeats.com. So yeah, Dunny with England, but we're still on board with him. Uh, So yeah, check that out. Um, Slide Slide into his DMs. Yeah, I'm sure he's got nothing else to be doing at the moment. Absolutely. He's had a busy couple of weeks, shall we say. A busy couple of weeks, Tom. And um, yeah, he was missed, I think, in the game on Friday night as we look ahead, as we look back on that game now. 30 points to 27 away at what we were describing on the preview podcast as undoubtedly the second best team in the league. Is that a bad result? Um, you know, when the teams were announced midday on Thursday, I, you know, I was looking down the the sales team and I thought it looked quite green. And it did look quite second string, you know, missing both Curries, Manu Tuolangi, Bevan Rod, Johnny Hill, Rafi Quirk. And indeed, we, we weren't very prophetic last week on the podcast, G, no George Ford. And well, looking well, at that I told side, you that Rob Dupree was going to have a great game from the tee. So. Well, yeah, exactly. So... What do what what do we know? But I was I was looking down both sides, and obviously a, a pretty strong twenty three, and particularly bench that Bath were Bath were fielding. I fancied it, and mm. you know, I don't think it was the sale that we've seen at points during the Premiership. It's probably close to the sale that we've we've seen lose to Ulster and lose to Toulouse in in Europe. Obviously, the kicking two from eight from Rob Dupree and. I think 12 points or even more that were lost from that obviously had a big impact. But I really think that we can come away feeling feeling pretty disappointed, not just because of the last-minute try, and obviously that always makes it so much worse, but because of the dominance that we had in that second half and because of 
how poor and how um how badly we just started so i i yeah i i think i think they'll be gutted they'll be gutted won't they but it was a really weird game i thought a really weird 80 minutes because i was watching it and it got to about 60 minutes or 65 minutes suddenly right in the game mm. <laughs> yeah i mean i thought the first half performance was was it was as bad as it's been this season. I thought it was so insipid and 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 poor and like bullied we were up front. And I don't think we got that much better in in parts of that second half. And if, if we come on to talk about all of our tries, but yeah, I just found it it was sort of weird that the scoreboard was so close. And then we were leading, and with ninety seconds to go, in a great position to win that game with a scrum inside their own half, a scrum that had been going forward with a Barno back in there lose the penalty and two or three phases later they're in the corner and you're suddenly left like, oh, bloody hell, we've, that, we've let one go there. But kind of at no point, well, personally, at no point throughout that game that I really think we played that well. And I don't think it was like a really good away performance despite kind of the scoreline and particularly the scoreline with nine seconds to go being what would look like our best performance of the season. Yeah, I think there were, I, I think... As in most sports, I think when a team has such dominance, and I think after the halftime period, it was difficult for Sale to come out with the same level of intensity. I mean, if we backtrack to that first half a little bit, I mean, you know, not only did we yet again start so shockingly, 100 seconds, and we have conceded both a yellow card and a try in two separate incidents, at least with Toulon, it was the same incident. It was a driving ball on 56 seconds where we we lost Dave Atwood and the, and, the, and the penalty try. This was a separate incident. Will Butt getting a yellow card for a, you know, a bit of a clumsy challenge in the, in the air and then sail right down in the corner and, you know, just schoolboy once again, just so easy for them. Mm. And again, we're just, we're, we're, we're chasing the game. And, and, and from that point, despite a nice bit of interplay, you know, in the early part of that first half and Bath fans that haven't watched it, I think on about five minutes, there was a lovely little piece of play where we won our own line out, driving mall. Jonathan Joseph got it, gave a little a little pass, and then we saw the the young guys getting into it really well. A long pass from Orlando Bailey, outside break from Max Joma, and then Matt Gallagher kicks it on, and suddenly we get a five meter scrum. We then, you know, a pretty uncharacteristically wasteful kick from from Ben Spencer from the base. They turn over a couple of penalties, and. By stark contrast, once they get close to us, it's another try just straight away. And it was it was it was it was the same against Glasgow last week, G. When they got in a good position and they got well set at the driving mall, we just can't defend it. And suddenly you're looking at the scoreboard, you're twelve three down, you're a man in the bin or just coming back from the bin, and you're so behind. Mm. And all three of those tries, well, all three of the, the following tries that Sale got in that first half. They had a bonus point before 32 minutes were up. And obviously that first try, Carpenter in the corner was just, yeah, really, really weak, unable to slow the ball down, unable to get any sort of line speed and two phases from the line out they'd score. But all of the other three tries in that first half all stemmed from that mall area. Two of them were just, yeah, so, so poorly defended to just, Go, sale just going right through and then no, the- do you know what, do you know what the issue is though and you know it, it is really shocking but they and we've seen it so many times they just defend in ones and twos and so they become become so splintered and then when you have a well set mall if you watch it in slow-mo a couple of the bath players will go to one side 
And then that's all you need. All sell need is also the, the, the front guys that sell more need to see. It's just a small gap open on one side and then they just roll around the outside. And in one instance, I think it was the the second try that, that, that I think it was, was it Doug Dell who scored it? He mm. basically runs through the defensive mall. And you, you, yeah, you don't see, you see that under 14s, but you, you don't see that really happening much harder than that. So it's, it's, a, it's a real point of, of concern, Jay. It's a combination of two things. It's disorganisation and they don't look like they really are all on the same page. And it's also, for me, just a lack of, not a lack of physicality, but Sale dominating the physicality in that first half. And yeah, I thought personally, I thought... We, but you can be as physical as you want individually. If you're not... Of course, it's, not, it's both. You can, you can be, you know, the strongest man in the world. And I actually just finished watching some of the highlights of that. It's a great show. And you can be the strongest man in the world and you can't defend that more by yourself. So it's both. They, they, they need, they, 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 the main thing is organization and they sorted that out a little bit further on in the game. So, I, and, and in other games, we praise them all defense and mm. guys like Miles Reed have managed to get through them all, swim through it and get hands on the ball. But have we? too often, too often. Yeah. There's been, there's been games in the season where we've held up. I think Quinn's actually in the, the game where we had all those chances to win against Quinns. And on the flip side, when they got close to close to our line, we held up on two, three occasions or managed to manage to kill the ball. So it's not been a theme throughout the season, but when it's been bad, it's been shocking. And we've seen that starkly, I think, in the Glasgow and Sale games just gone. Yeah, I think we'd have to go back and look. But I know I just watched the Johan van Graan mid-season review and it's something that he referenced there that our driving more defence has not been good enough this season. Yeah, I personally don't think it's been good no, enough. No, not consistent. I agree with that. Good enough on Friday. And I thought we missed um, Fergus Lee Warner in that second row. I was, uh, yeah, I'm not sure that either of the two Bath second rows had a very good game that started. Obviously, um, Josh McNally coming back from a, quite a lengthy layoff and, and Dave Atwood as well. I thought they were sort of, yeah, unable to make any sort of impact in that in that first half in that mall area. We should, we should say on... Josh McNally, though, I mean, you know, he's, he's been four months out with a with a shoulder injury. You know, last season he was one of the standout players. I, I think it was even a fixture at the AJ Bell where we praised him because he was one of those guys that brought the physicality to sale. And you mentioned Van Gran. He said in the lead up to the game that you need to do that in the early stages against sale. Make make sure, show them that you're not going to be bullied. And we, we didn't do a great job on that on Friday, but I'm pleased to see him back. And he, he's not going to be back at his best straight away and he's no Benno Urbano in that in that capacity but I think he was one of the players of last season so good to have him back and, and bolster that pack a bit but I agree Fergus D. Warner who's been a complete stalwart strange to see him not putting in an 80 minute shift he he uh yeah he, he was missed it wasn't even on the bench was it, it was Spencer that, that came on in that second row and I landed try on the stroke of half time made it 22-10 yeah combined with some pretty lacklustre to pre-kicking we were only 12 points behind and then almost immediately after halftime, we score again out of nowhere. A red, um, sorry, a Spencer kick and JJ gathers and scores, and we're twenty-two seventeen from kind of nowhere and, and right in this game. Um, and then I think from that point, deja, deja vu though with with Jonathan Joseph. Mm. I, enjoy, I enjoyed seeing that. I must admit, and I think looking at social media, a lot of a lot of Bath fans did. You know, harkening back to. Admittedly, now four or five seasons ago, the, the, since we've seen stuff like that for him, but pouncing on the loose ball, a little hitch kick, and um, 
he's certainly still got the pace. There's 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 no doubt about that. He's not worn a bath shirt very much this season at all. But yeah, I think I don't know how much more he's got in him in a bath shirt, but nice to see nice to see him in run one in like that. Yeah, twenty two seventeen. And from that point I feel like the bench, which you mentioned earlier, looked strong. And I thought the bench kind of started to get emptied at that point. And the bench had such a big impact on the game, in particular, Redpath, Abano, and also Underhill. Yeah, I thought those three were, were just outstanding from the bench and kind of allowed us to, to to take the lead in that second half. Yeah, Redpath, who eventually set up a try from a break himself, um, was a threat and, and I think shored up that midfield defence a little bit. And also Abano was just incredible. Coming back from injury, you'd yeah expect him to be not at his best, but he looked almost back to his best immediately in the loose, crashing about, and also at scrum time, winning penalties in that area. Uh, he, he was just so, so impressive. And those guys off the bench really kind of catalyst catalysted that second half performance I thought yeah I mean we were close right I mean before those substitutions we'd had the, the JJ try so it was only five points and then to have the strength off the bench that you, you, you mentioned G and we've been hoping and praying over the last few weeks that the cavalry will return and they certainly did I mean there's international sides that would any international side really that would be 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 lucky to have guys of those quality coming off the bench. I mean, Redpath, Underhill, Abano, absolutely monstrous. And each of them, each of them, you know, played played their part. I mean, the the, the first two kind of bringing that physicality and how good, how good is it seeing Beno Abano mm. back looking, just, just looking monstrous and just gobbling up opposition tight heads. And Nick Shonnock, was was dispatched a couple of times, got got taken off, and then the replacement, I think is it Fletcher, got the got the same treatment. So brilliant to see. And you know, we have said it, I think, before, but he's a sort he's the sort of guy, or maybe the guy, that could have a real big impact on the results that we've been seeing. You know, we've had some close games. We again we lost this one down to down you know down to to the wire. But I think if he can come on and or if he can play consistently like that, dominate scrum time, be a threat off the base with the carry, which he, we, we've really missed, I think he could have a big impact, G. Yeah, he, he did make a, a massive impact, didn't he? And the scrum just took hold in that second half. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, red path, break, kick, and Spencer gathered and scored. And we were 25-27 up. On that try, though, again, I, presumably most people watch the game. How does Ben Spencer get there? He just does incredibly well, doesn't he? He, I don't know what he is. Well, from from Red Pass, just shrugging off. I think it was a a tight five forward that Red Pass shrugged off, kicked way too early, gave Red uh, gave Spencer plenty to do, but Spencer was yeah because the fullback was already watched, had already was kind of in two minds, and then kind of tracked back. You could see Spencer calling the kick and was kind of tracking back. So I think Spencer had about five six meters to make up. We know he puts himself about and he's always absolutely blowing. He's taking the kicking duties, hit five from five, including some difficult kicks. He's captaining the outfit. He's wanting to go quick, uh, uh, quick, uh, quickly from the penalties a couple of times. He's absolutely knackered. And yet still, he finds a way to get up alongside, I think it's Carpenter, isn't it? The, who's, who's quick at, at fullback for sale and kind of get his shoulder on the inside of the ball and touch it down. Yeah. He's just, he's just you, you would want no one else 
I would say in world rugby in that position to back mm. them to win that ball and, and get the try. I just think he he just he he finds a way. He's in, he's incredible. He I, I love it. He wills he he wills it into existence, doesn't he, Ben Spencer? Yeah, um, and yeah I mentioned on the preview show that we did that he was going to have to have a massive game if we were to get close. And yeah, with the kicking, with the leadership, with that try, I thought he was yeah he was a Barney maybe aside in the brief spell he had on the pitch. He was Bath's best player, Spencer. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, he had a couple of strange moments, didn't he? I mentioned that kind of slightly wasteful kick at the start. And then there was an uncharacteristic moment where he gave a bit of back chat and held on to the ball too long at the penalty. And we conceded 10 metres and then they, they were able, Sam James was able to drill it into the corner. But I agree, I think, for the most part, he, he, he obviously makes such a difference. And gee, I think interesting that the reins, the kicking reins, were handed over to him for the, for the whole game. I mean, Bailey has kicked when they've both been in the field up until, up until this point, really. But Bailey's only striking it at sixty-seven percent for the season, which is is just not enough. And Ben Spencer showed that he's he's not just kind of a you know a a sniper shooter from from far out, as he showed against Glasgow. He he's he's a, he's a really decent kicker. So do you expect that to expect that to carry on and take some of the weight off Bailey's shoulders? Yeah, I think it will definitely happen when Bailey's on the field, right? From from here on out, when Francis comes back in probably go back to Francis the way he's been kicking but yeah he's just really clutch isn't he Ben Spencer and that kick from the touchline just after the Nile Annette try was just just so easy and kind of almost like carefree the way he struck that through the uprights so yeah he was he was sensational Tom and got to Bath to within a great point a, a great kind of a great chance of winning that game two missed Rob Dupree kicks again late meant that we were still leading with with 90 seconds to go. Um, but then, yeah, Barno loses the, the, the scrum in, in our half on our ball. They go into just outside the 22. And yeah, from there, it's just really poor defence, really poor defence. Like they, they kind of make a couple of half breaks. I think it was, I think then, it was younger at the scrum though, just to... Well, whatever, yeah, the scrum, yeah. yeah. The front row lose it. And then, yeah, from there... It's it's just so frustrating because in the like the phase before they score the try, Ajoma steps in off his wing, makes a great read on I don't know the whoever's that outside attacker for Sale, and then you can see that they kind of all go for the counter ruck, which means that all the players in and around that ball and on that blind side are going in. They don't win that counter ruck, and it's like four or five players off their feet, and then you watch the. Bath defenders, the pack that are there on the open side, and none of them make the effort to to come round. They obviously identify that space that's been left by Ajoma and by those guys going for that counter arc. Go wide. Bailey probably should stay on Reed, but steps in and, and Reed scores in the corner. And just like two or three errors there, people going in off like kind of committing themselves to the ruck when we probably should have just tried to keep men on our feet and make them make a mistake. Players not coming round, and then Bailey just defending in what would be an unusual area for him, and, and probably not getting that that decision right. Well, yeah, and they, you know, they were offside a couple of rucks before, and it could have yeah. easily, easily been a penalty bang in front, and then we'd have been having a different conversation, assuming that uh, Dupree yeah, was able yeah. to nail one from straight in front, which was no guarantee on the night. And you know, if he, if he, and he, he, you know, he's a decent kicker. I think they said on commentary that he's seventy eight percent or in that region that he's been. 75% that he's been he's been successful 
this season. So uncharacteristic. And the game would have obviously would have been most likely out of sight by that point. But I, I, I agree. I think we were just a little bit too eager and we were trying to force the issue coming offside, trying to counter rucks, stepping in a little bit too early with Bailey or not, not drifting and, and holding a man as, as he probably should have done. I mean, I know it happens quickly and we just should have stood back a bit and held our line and waited for them to, to make a mistake, which they may well have done. They weren't, weren't, I don't think firing particularly well in that, in that, uh, in, in, in that second half. So yeah, just got the, got the game management quite wrong at, at the end there. And obviously had guys out of position, Ben Spencer on the wing, that's one of the uh, disadvantages of playing the six-two split is that you only have outside the scrum half one other back that can can play, and then Bailey finding himself out there and having to defend defend Aaron Reed. So yeah, didn't manage that 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 too well. And, and tough to lose, Tom. But ultimately, a point is, is probably as much as we could have hoped for going up there. We've mentioned a few guys that that stood out. But, do you think? Do you agree? Do you agree that it would have felt like? We'd nick that game a bit if we'd yeah, if we'd yeah. twenty seven oh, twenty. It would have felt like we'd 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 been a little bit lucky with some of those some of those uh, some of those misses, particularly from oh, the, the, from the, the miss. Yeah, the miss kicks, and then you would say that the two tries we created in the second half pretty much came out of nothing. Two breaks mm. from around the halfway line, the miss kicks, and the fact that they probably should have been even further ahead in the first half. Yeah, I thought. It almost felt like we were going to get a bit of a smashing grab, and we just, yeah, unable to grab it at the end. Anyone? Yeah, I think, I think, I was going to say, I think a, a good way of summing it up, we've said it quite a few times. You know, I think we're tough to beat, mm. but we don't know how to win. And yeah. I think that, 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 you know, we find ourselves in no man's land and then end up on these, you know, close, close defeats, which we can take positives from. But ultimately, I think we're one from 10 in all competitions now. And after a good start to the season, G, that's uh, that's not a good return, no matter how hard it is for those teams to get past you. Yeah, I've literally got exactly the same point written down. Harder to beat, but still getting beat. There we go. Eight of 12 lost in the Premiership now. Six by less than seven points. We are conceding seven points less or fewer than we were last season. So undoubtedly harder to beat, better in defence, but still early in the, the progression under Yuan Van Gran. And that, yeah, that knack of how to win these close games is, is clearly not there. We've done it once this season against Leicester, but countless other times, Exeter, Quinns, this game, we've just come up short. And, and, and our, our, our away record continues to be a, a massive concern like I think they flashed it up on the BT Sport coverage on Friday night, but the last three victories that we've had away from home in the Premiership have all been at Newcastle, and there haven't been a different one since I think early 2020. So yeah, that's a long time. 23 months, I think it was. Yeah, one of the, one of the points, G, the three yellow cards in the game. Mm. We, we've only mentioned the Will Buck yellow card. Which now, and I know that's a, it's a decent chunk of them for the season for us, but now puts us top of the the table in terms of minutes played with fewer than fifteen people. I think we only conceded one try in the period where we had fewer than fifteen people in 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 this game. But and, and do you see that as do you, do you see that as an issue? Do you think any of those yellow cards were unavoidable, or do you think that we were just kind of wrong place, wrong time? It was a bit bit unlucky. 
I mean, yeah, it's a massive issue. <laughs> I think that's, that's there's no question about that. They obviously scored pretty much soon after the will, but yellow card as possible. But we only did con- concede three points in that period that we were down to 13 men, which is really, really good, especially given that the two men off the field were uh, Joma and Redpath, two, two of the centres. So that was that was good. And, and that was the period that Abano was starting to take over. So um yeah, that was probably a reason for that. It is concerning. The butt one's clumsy. The Ajoma one is is harsh, but it's probably a deliberate knock on. And then the, the, yeah. the red path one is is again just it's just unfortunate because they were saying on the on the broadcast that it is a tackle without the ball. But if he mm. if that pops up to his hands and Redpath standing off him and he scores, like what what, what can Redpath do there? He has to try and tackle him. So yeah, it's and also but I think all three of them valid. Looking at that stuff in super slow motion as well is uh, pretty difficult. They're absolutely flying out there. But yeah, yeah, it was one point one, one point one point G and London Irish getting uh, a really good win at home to Quinns. Bonus point where I think 42-24. And that pushes them up to 31 points. So kind of pushes them beyond the bottom pack, which now consists of Newcastle on 26, us on 24, and Bristol Bears in last place on 22. And if you want some consolation, Bristol lost a last minute. I think 81 minutes, Francois Huard try uh, <laughs> against Saracens. So that... That uh, I know you tweeted out about it, G, which was very, very unkind to Bristol fans, and I, I condemn you for doing that. But yeah, if you if you want a little bit of a, a little bit of a cloud, then um, as G said, have a look at some of the comments on on social media. Some some criticism for their own for for one of their own academy boys in under urine. So drink that in. <laughs> Big change very quickly in rugby, and yeah, some of those. Fickle Bristol fans. Ask Nathan Hughes that. <laughs> yeah, that was very, very enjoyable. I must admit, reading through those comments and the man who could do no wrong. So, so short time ago in Pat Lamb is now appearing to be doing everything wrong in Bristol. So, yeah, eight years of that, boys. Enjoy that. And we play him in February. So we let's, do play him in February, Tom. A um, couple of weeks off. Now for Bath, our next game will be Saturday the 18th of February. London Irish at home, a game that both of yourself and I will be at. So very much looking forward to that, of course. Before then, we have the small matter of the Six Nations and the first game, the Calcutta Cup um, against Scotland, obviously, at Twickenham this upcoming Saturday. Before we have a quick word on that, it has been announced this week that Tom Ellis will be leaving Bath for this period. He's going on loan to Saracens with immediate effect for six weeks to cover for the international players they have away for this period during the Six Nations. Tom back row with the signings of um, Hill and Barbary, who's due to be back soon, is now a very, very competitive area. And Ellis not getting the game time that he would have liked and an opportunity for him to go and do so at Saracens. Yeah, I think so. Um, we, we obviously don't know what his, his fate will be at the end of the season, but he's He's barely played first team rugby or, or you know top competition rugby this this year, and and when he has, I think he's had two yellow cards, so not had the the best season, shall we say? But um, strange seeing him turn out in a in a Saracen show. He's obviously been at the club for for years and years and years, being a, an academy product. But we will see him when he's back from the Six Nations, hopefully learning a winning mentality 
Sarri's. I mean, they've looked pretty unbeatable this year, so it can only be good for him. Can only be good for him. Tom, what are your thoughts briefly then as we look ahead to the Six Nations and with a blue, black and white perspective on it, we're going to see all of our potential stars in action at Twickenham on Saturday. Dunn looks like he's probably going to come onto, onto the bench. Dan Kelly's injured, so Ollie Lawrence will, will, will be in with a good chance of, of getting minutes. It depends what they do in that, that kind of centre axis. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, yeah. from a Scotland point of view, McConaughey and Redpath and um, Bayliss likely to feature as well. Should see up to five in, in, in both 23s, which would, be, which would be fantastic. I think Jamie George has come back into the, the, the squad for England. I don't know where he is on his concussion protocol. You'd imagine that if he is fine, he will play. And then, obviously, him, Dunn and Jack Walker playing out for that 16 shirt. I mean, I think we all know where that should probably go. But Jack Walker was, uh, you know, one cab kind of ahead of him on the the rank, as it were. And then, as you say, injuries to Dan Kelly and Henry Slade, G, means that Ollie Lawrence, from not being in the original squad, is in with a really good chance of, of playing, assuming that Borfoot doesn't opt for kind of a, a Marcus Smith, Owen Farrell axis, which would... Would surprise me that would feel a little bit too Eddie Jones like for 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 him to do, but we will see. Yeah, and then Scotland expect definitely. Well, expect you'd, you'd hope to see Redpath at least feature on the bench, and with Darcy Graham unavailable for for Scotland as well, maybe we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll see Big Matt back row obviously competitive, and Josh Bellis hasn't always been involved, but we should see a couple G, and I will be. I will be going to the Calcutta Cup on on Saturday. So if there's good Bath representation, particularly on the English side, I will I will be be donning the blue, black, and white rather than rather than the rose. We're 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 Bath first as ever on this podcast. Certainly at the moment. Certainly at the moment. Yeah, um, McConaughey better not score on Saturday. That would just be that would be that would be it'd be bittersweet. It'd be bittersweet. A, sc- a score in a loss would be perfect. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to all things Six Nations. Couple of weeks off for us now, um, for the Bath point of view in mind. But I think we will get together at some point in the interim before London Irish to kind of talk all things Jan van Gran and the journey he's got us on and, and where we see ourselves at the moment, what we think we can work on. We've got five games that will come quite thick and fast after the London Irish game, some winnable ones at home in particular. So that's a really big block for us. And I think it's important for us to kind of look back on what's been a busy period and and kind of, yeah. Thanks, Mark. Take stock, half time, and 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 look ahead a little bit. So so keep an eye out in your feeds for that. Um, the blue, black, and white, supported by the BRP, brought to you by Black and White Butchers. Tom, thank you very much for joining me. Um, enjoy the rugby on Saturday, and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.